Well, football season has begun, uh, which means I'm going to wear a baseball shirt because I don't follow a football team, which I know that still irks some of you, uh, but that's, that's all right. You'll get over it. Uh, but I can't, I, the only baseball jersey that I have, I can't wear because that guy left the team. And uh, you know how we all have bitter feelings about that kind of stuff. But we get to look forward to uh, watching some football this, this Sunday afternoon. I'm in a couple of fantasy football teams, so I'll be engaged. I'll be, uh, I'll be paying attention. I've got Seth tonight in our four-person family league, and so I'm going to kick his butt, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see, what, we'll see what happens. We've got some bragging rights on the line. Uh, so we're going to enjoy a great Sunday afternoon, hopefully get a nap in, maybe mow the yard, something like that. And then it only means one thing, though. At some point in the afternoon, the realization hits us that Sunday is here, and that means Monday is coming. Now, I, I, know, I know that some of you love your job, and you love your work, or you love school, and you're really excited, and you enjoy. You love when Mondays come because you really feel like, even though Sunday is the first day of the week, you feel like your week really gets started on Monday because you just can't wait for your alarm to go off early in the morning and get ready for work and get your coffee and go because you're just like, I, am, I cannot wait till I get to the office or you know go into the other room and sit down and log in in my computer. Um, just so you know, though, it might be a little sarcasm there. Just so you know, this series is just as much for you as anyone else. Because there are also some of us who, you know, through no fault of, of their own, you know, when they think of Mondays, they think, oh, man, I can't believe it has started again. It feels like, it, feels like it was just Friday afternoon and I was excited, couldn't wait, you know, for the weekend to begin. And yet here it is again, another start on, uh, on the work week, and you're trying to squeeze as much of you can, as you can out of the weekend as possible because you are not looking forward to your alarm clock going off in the morning. And over the, le- the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a biblical perspective on work that has the potential to change that for you. Now, no matter what job I have had, and I've had a lot of different jobs. Uh, as a kid, I started mowing my neighbor's lawns, uh, not just randomly. They, they paid me a little bit to do it. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I got 20 bucks a, a, a yard, which seems like, a, I, it seems like not a lot of money, you know, with what landscaping is going now. But I've, I've worked in landscaping as well. I've worked at a grocery store. I've worked in retail. And I've worked in college admissions. Little known fact, some of you have no clue. I, I, I don't know that I've shared this with anybody before. I actually got hired to work at Chick-fil-A. And I never worked there a single day. Later that afternoon, I got a different job offer. And I, I took that instead. So I, I never really learned how to say my pleasure, but that, that was almost a part of my, part of my experience. And um, I've, I've, worked, I've worked in churches. I've been a stay-at-home dad as well. I've been a remodel uh, work helper and for a remodeler, uh, remodel job and stuff. So I've done all kinds of things. And what I can say across all of those things, no matter what job I've had, I've had my good days, and I've, but I've always had my bad days. Like, no matter what, I, I don't know what it is about work, but it's just, well, I do know what it is, and I'm going to tell you what that is. Uh, there, and, and here's the thing. This series does not mean that there's the secret quick fix that makes, makes all the bad days or any problems that we deal with in work go away. But it does mean that with the right biblical worldview, um, that we can, we can properly put our work in perspective that changes how we respond and how we react and how we live out our work in our life. Now, Pastor Confession Time, and this is just between us, so don't, don't share this on the internet. Uh, some of you don't know we're live streaming right now, so it's going to be in there. I don't always look forward to a new work week beginning. 
it's, it's true. Sometimes, sometimes it happens. A buddy of mine sent this picture to me, and I have, man, I've gone back and forth so much on whether or not I should share this picture, but I'm gonna, we're going to put it on, on the screen. And that's what the almost last two years have kind of been like for somebody uh, working as a pastor. It's funny because it's true. And I'm just going to say thank you in advance for your empathy. I, I appreciate it. I can feel, I can feel the love. And here's the thing, even, even your most favorite and fulfilling job that you and I will ever have will come with responsibilities and difficulties that we're going to wish that we didn't have to deal with. You know, people will say like, oh, you know, do something you love and you'll never work a day of your life. That's just simply not true. That's not how it works. But the most important thing to remember is, is that the reason that this is the case is not because there is an inherent problem with the existence of work. Work is never the problem. It's the problems that we and others bring in to work. Here's some statistics of why Mondays are awful. All right, and, and this is the varying degrees of research that have gone, gone to this. Some of these are more scientific than others, but here, here's, some, here's some reasons why Mondays are awful. One, uh, one uh, research uh, company, well, it wasn't really a company, a company had some research done, found out that in the UK on Mondays, people normally don't crack a smile until about 11.16 a.m. And it takes that long before somebody finally, like, you know, has an experience that makes them smile at work. Maybe they're excited about lunch coming. I, I don't know. The other thing is sleep patterns. The way that our, our, our uh, internal clocks work, sometimes on the weekend we think, oh, I'm just going to catch up. You know, we have a poor work-life balance during the week, and, you know, and so we don't get enough sleep. And so we go to the weekend, we'll catch all up all on our sleep. You know, we've got fall back coming, you know, daylight savings time, which is awful, which means it's going to be dark, you know, before you even get out of the office. Um, I, I hate that. Man, I, I miss the sun in the evening. But, you know, we, we mess up our sleep patterns. And so on Monday morning when that alarm clock goes off, we think it's the worst thing in the world. Uh, socializing. Uh, we need to be around people. We need to talk to people. And so when we're isolated for the weekend, we come back. One of the things that we need to do to kind of feel like we're back into the groove of things is we need to speak to people. And if we don't do that, then it makes Mondays seem pretty rough. A sudden change doesn't, doesn't help us at all. Uh, there have been some studies, scientists have found that when you ask people to record their emotions at regular intervals, it actually turns out that Mondays are no more stressful than any other workday of the week. There's, there's really no difference. But if you ask people to remember which day was the worst, they will always say Monday. And it's because we go through this huge emotional shift in the way that we think about our work. On Sunday, we think, oh no, Monday, Monday's coming. And just because we think like that, it affects the rest of our day, even though it's not necessarily true and we have the same experience the rest of the days. Uh, sometimes we feel worse about ourselves on Mondays because we've spent our weekend doing a bunch of stuff we shouldn't be doing, like we overeat or we overdrink or we oversmoke. You know, those kinds of things, they take a toll on us physically. Uh, scientifically, you're actually less healthy on a Monday. So more heart attacks and strokes and anxiety and stuff happen on Mondays because of the way that we treat our bodies and our our mindset on the weekend or the way that we, we look at our, our blood pressure is higher on Mondays, our chances of being sick in general is higher on Mondays. Um, and sometimes we just don't like our job, <laughs> you know, and so we don't look, look forward to it. We feel stuck in that rut. It's another reason why we, we don't like Mondays. Oh, and I mentioned this before, our work-life balance is poor. And 
And so we go in, into Monday and, and we're either completely exhausted because we overworked ourselves the week before, we didn't take any break, we didn't rest over the weekend, or you know maybe we're lazy at our job and we don't accomplish much of anything. And so we're not looking forward to being in that, uh, that rut because that's not how we were wired to live. Finally, the biggest issue we have when it comes to Monday and how we look forward to it is is we're just conditioned to hate Mondays. Our culture hates Mondays. And we talk, we write songs about it. We have whole movies like Office Space, you know, that are, that are made about hating Mondays. It sounds like somebody's got a case in the Mondays, you know? You just want to punch the person in the face. It's like, I'll give you a case in the Monday, a case in the Monday in a second. You know, but we, you know, TGIF, you know, we're living for the weekend and we feel like this is, this is, the, this is the only thing that we, uh, that, that we can do about Mondays and about work is we just got to get through it so we can get to do what we actually want uh, to do. And all this ignores a super important, really important biblical truth. We were created to work, and the work that God gives us, and he does in us, and he gifts us with, is an incredibly good gift. And this all starts way back in the beginning, in creation, when God establishes humanity on this earth. So let's take a look at that. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we read from Moses, who recounts the creation story, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is work. God participated in work. He creates, he fashions, he forms. And from the beginning, God has been working. And one of the common threads throughout the Bible is that he continues to do so. And he calls us into, there's this encounter that Jesus has with the Pharisees where they're super upset with him because he's healing people on the Sabbath. And they think, oh man, you shouldn't, shouldn't even help somebody on the Sabbath. You, you got to do absolutely nothing. And they had these other crazy laws surrounding this. And in defense, Jesus says to them, hey, my father, God, he hasn't stopped working. He's at work to this, this day. And he's not saying rest isn't, isn't right or anything. Rest is holy, and that's a part of what we're supposed to do. But God is at work, and I too am working. God remains involved, and he regularly invites us into his work. If, as you keep reading in Genesis chapter 1, you get down to verse 26. God says, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And keep going in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And as part of creation, God created humanity with work in mind. One of the uh, marked, marked differences between the creation story of Genesis and other creation myths is that God created us to enjoy relationship and work with him and alongside of him and in partnership with him, while the gods, little g, created mankind to be subservient workers for them. And so when Moses is writing this, he's already, he's already calling out a very significant difference between the one true God, creator God of the Bible versus all the other idols and the gods that other people were following at that time. And not only does God create us to enjoy and work with him, he creates us as a reflection of his nature and his character. That's what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God in our work. Our original position as God created humanity was to steward the earth as caretakers over all creation with the same loving care, creativity, attention to detail, collaborative effort, and forethought modeled for us by God when he created. 
And I know things seem a little bit different now because they're a whole lot of centuries far removed from that point in time when God established man and woman in the Garden of Eden. But absolutely has nothing, absolutely nothing has changed in God's intention for work for us. I, I get it. Most of us don't work in a garden for a living, but the same principles are at play. Before sin ever entered the world, we were given work to be at purpose with God. And I get that sometimes it feels like work only exists because sin entered the world and broke, and broke the world. That's the only, way, only reason that it's here. Because paradise seems more like sitting around and doing nothing, having a Mai Tai on the beach, right? Or hanging out at the river or going to the mountains, sitting on the front porch, wherever it might be. And we need those moments of rest. God calls rest holy, um, and so should we. But we also know that sitting around and not accomplishing anything of value gets old really quick. And even if we don't recognize it, it affects us. And God knew that about us because he created us to be like him. And so when sin enters the equation, as you keep reading in Genesis chapter, chapter 3, when sin enters the equation, that's when the circumstances surrounding work, like working the ground and bearing children that God talks about with Adam and Eve, that would become tough, even painful. But the effort and result of that work would and is and always will be good. So a well-tended garden is tough work, but the fruits of that labor are always good. Going through labor, I've heard, I haven't done it myself, it's tough and it's painful, but the result, that, that child, that's, that's always good, even if they're annoying sometimes, you know? And this is by design. My kids know that I deeply love and care for them. <laughs> and this is all by design. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Hebrew word used for work there also carries the meaning of service and is also used to reference our worship of God, which perhaps brings maybe a richer understanding of work than we often give it credit for. It's not the thing that we have to do in order to make it to the weekend. It's a purposeful and valuable part of how we worship God and how we steward life with God. He brings us into the creation process of building and discovering and creating and being a part of life. And it brings us into worship. And that's the perspective, that's a biblical perspective of what work is. Work is worship. Sin changes the condition in which we work. Work as worship redeems that condition in our hearts and our minds and our lives. And so when we think of our participation within the creation of work, one of the important guiding principles and command lenses that we view it through is written by Paul in his letter to the church in Corinth. This is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, the Father, through him. And when that is the focus of our work, things that we might not enjoy, the problems that we come up against, they don't go away, they don't magically disappear, but they are put in their proper place. And the value of our work is no longer dictated by external measures, but by eternal measures. The environment of our work and the circumstances of our work are going to be affected by a world broken by sin. We just can't, we, we can't get away from that. It's going to happen. But our attitude and our work ethic can have a foundation that far outlasts those problems. All of us have jobs. Whether you're in school, uh, maybe, maybe you're working part-time, maybe you have something full-time, maybe your job makes money, maybe, maybe yours, yours doesn't. Um, some are careers, some are simply what's available at the time. Some of us are putting job applications out, whatever it is, we, we, whether we retire or not, we don't start working. We don't stop working. 
we just change jobs. We all have something to do, and every one of those sets of responsibilities and the work that we put into them can be toward the type of approach to life that God has always wanted to share with us, to work in and take care of creation along with him. When that is our perspective, there are no small jobs. There are no menial tasks. There what is the word I'm trying to say there? I just had a brain mess up right there. Menial, right? That's our actual word. You can Google that. Menial tasks. There are, there's only the shortcomings that humans bring to the table. And those are the same ones that God will redeem. So whether you're having a terrible time at your job or maybe you're having a great time at your job, but maybe it's for all the wrong reasons, here are a couple important takeaways, I think, that um, for our knowledge and for our perspective on work uh, that, uh, that helps us to understand that is a part of our worship to God. The first is this, change your attitude or change your job. Maybe there's a more direct way that I could say that. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what it is, but here, here's what I mean. And this comes from a couple, couple different directions. Maybe you're miserable at your job and you think it's awful. Let, let me ask you to just internally reflect. Where's the problem there? Is it with you? I'm not saying it's with you. I'm saying, is it with you? You need to evaluate it. Is it with you or is it the job situation that you're in? Is it really the job that's toxic or the manager or the people that are there, are they super toxic? Or has it been your perspective and the way that you've approached work and you think about it? It's like, oh, you're already going into it thinking, oh, this is the drudgery that I have to do and I can't believe I have to go deal with people and I have to, you know, all those kinds of things. Is it your attitude or is there something else going on there? Maybe, maybe you feel like things are going great at your job, but that's because it's all about the wrong things. I'm working 80 hours a week and I'm making a ton of money, you know, and we're, you know, doing some things that are maybe a little ethically, you know, in the gray area or that kind of thing. But, but I love the retirement package, you know, and I love the bonuses that I get as a result of this. Maybe, maybe your attitude is all based on the wrong things, even though you feel like, oh, I mean, this is making me really happy and fulfilling me. Change your attitude or change, change your job. Sometimes we think, um, you know, oh, if I could just get over here to this company and, and you know, have this job over here that the, uh, this other person has, then everything will be fine. We think, you know, grass is greener on the other side. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Even, even changing your job doesn't mean that you won't deal with the same sort of problems. In fact, you probably will to some degree. And so is, is your attitude the issue or, or is it the job? It's, it's, one, it's one or the other, and we get to choose in our perspective and how we live out our faith and our work as worship in our relationship with God. The second, the second is this. You are the reflection of Jesus in your workplace. And maybe, maybe you think about this, and maybe this is always on the forefront of your mind, but I, can't, I cannot stress this enough, is that our, our worship here on Sunday morning when we gather together and we're focusing in on God, that, that does not stop when we leave this room. Um, that is an ongoing thing that we are a part of. We are constantly always with God. That is his promise to us. As, as followers of Jesus, when we've been baptized into Jesus, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit and the ever-present presence of God is with us no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. And, and that is a source of great joy and comfort and help for us in our life. Just don't forget that when you're in your workplace, that, that is who you are. That is, that is the opportunity for people to see who you are in, in Christ each, each and every day, is that you get to reflect him. You, you need to think of yourself, and I need to think of myself as the, as the pastor of our workplace. It might be silly. It's like, well, you, you already are, you know, but so are you. We're in a priesthood of all believers, 
And this perspective shift, if you don't think of your work in this way, man, that goes so far in the direction of helping us to understand how our work is worship and how it makes a difference. And if you approach it that way, man, you will be amazed by the opportunities that you see come up in, in just small little ways as you offer to pray for someone, as you offer to care for them, as you're interested in their life, as you talk with them and speak with them and interact with them in ways that just sometimes they're not going to know where it's coming from. It's like, why, why are you like this? And you get this opportunity to say, well, because of what God has done in my life. And that's the opportunity that we are given in, in our work. God ended every day looking at his work and saying it was good. And it wasn't just because of the result that comes out of it, but it was because of the effort that he put into it. And we, even though we don't deserve it, we get to experience the goodness of his creation because of that attitude and because of that approach. I want you to remember, I want Colossians chapter 3, 17, I want this to be kind of the anchor, the foundation verse for how we think about our work over the next few weeks as we talk about this. So I want to encourage you to memorize this. I want to encourage you to put this on your desktop, you know, monitor, your laptop monitor, whatever you have, your iPad, whatever you use for your work, whatever you have to do to maintain this perspective. Maybe put it on your mirror, you know, as your alarm clock goes off, or maybe on your alarm clock, right, when that goes off, or your phone, whatever it is, to help maintain this perspective of work being our worship to, to God. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. God, there are a lot of opportunities to be tempted to uh, look at work being the just the thing we have to do in order to get through life. But yet, that's, that's something you always intended to have for us as purpose and value and meaning and whatever that, whatever that looks like, whether it's working in a job that we make money in, maybe it's, it's working toward um, uh, just what, what you've called us to, the circumstance situation that, that you've placed us in. We're, in a, we're a homemaker, uh, we're caring for other people, uh, we're working towards better health. Wh- whatever, whatever it might be, we're, we're studying, uh, we're going to school, as we think about that job in terms of who you've created us to be, how you've created us to be in your image and likeness, that, uh, that, that, gives a, that gives a whole new meaning and a whole new perspective on who we're called to be as we, as we do those tasks, as we are part of those processes, as we interact with those people and those customers and our bosses and our peers and whoever it might be. God, help us to, uh, help us to be reminded continually through your Holy Spirit uh, this, this perspective as we maybe deal with some of the problems that come up with work or some of the things that we're not, not satisfied with, whatever they might be, and help us to see um, a path forward to uh, being able to worship you through, through what we do. God, we, uh, we praise you for this. We praise you for this new, uh, new opportunity to approach something that is a huge part of our life and will continue to be. And we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen.